everybody, welcome to the 37th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And uh, first off, just want to remind everybody, please subscribe on iTunes, leave us some love, leave us a review, leave us five stars, let us know what you think. If you have any questions or comments, of course, you can email us at mathcoreindex at gmail.com. And of course, uh, bands on this episode were decided by our Patreon supporters, so we want to thank them as well. So thanks so much to Andrew, Andre, Austin, Caleb, Cameron, Carter, Chris, Eric, Daniel, David, Dennis, Dylan, Eli, Eric, Evan, Grady, Andre, Isaac, Jacob, Jamie, Jasper, Chris, Jeff, Jeremiah, Jesse, Jesse, Kent, Kevin, Chris, Matt, Mike, Ollie, Otis, Phil, Richard, Rory, Sam, Sean, Senza, Tim, and Akoni. Thank you so much. So we're going to totally flaunt convention today and uh, front load a revisit, something we usually reserve for the end of the episode, but I think it'll, uh, it'll make sense as this episode progresses why we wanted to talk about this band first. So first we're going to talk about The Burning Wind. The Burning Wind are a four-piece chaotic hardcore mathcore band from North Carolina. They uh, released their self-titled EP back in 2017, which we covered on the 17th episode of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Remember this name for sure. And now they're back with their new EP, An Inheritance in A-Sharp. And holy fuck does it go super hard. This thing just bangs, man. Uh, this thing kind of just came out of left field and just like smacked me in the fucking face, caught me totally unawares. Like, uh, I, you know, I was expecting them to come back at some point, but they really came back with a vengeance with this thing. It's only four tracks, right? Five tracks? I believe it's five tracks, actually. God yeah. damn. And uh, once again, big fan of just EPs in general, just for just the, the digestion of it all, you know? And this one ripped through it. I, uh, it was kind of one of those uh, albums where I kind of like looked down and looked back up. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm done. I got to start this back up again. I'm like, just fucking it's that torn with fury. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's perfect for just incredible replay value too just given the uh, the length you know it's uh, I, I really really dug their first EP so I'm excited to see them come back with such a, a genuine and aggressive effort and uh, the production is more polished the vocals have improved a lot holy uh, shit when you compare the two absolutely yeah I, I see a big improvement in the vocal stylings for sure the lyrics are excellent too I'm sure you, you took note of that Ooh, yeah Levi. yep yep uh, appreciate that and uh, yeah the songs are just bigger badder and better and this five track EP has so much replay value it's stupid like it just leaves you wanting more doesn't it yeah um, I just straight up just fierce chaotic hardcore I fucking love it definitely you said it it's uh they play an absolutely savage form of hardcore this this absolutely broaches mathcore territory uh, really focusing on like non-stop chaotic changes but with uh, huge breakdowns too as well um just like utterly punishing chugging and dissonant chaos yeah, they make me wait for those breakdowns. You you fucking said it. It's like they don't abuse the breakdown. They don't. Uh, they they really make you like beg for it. They really make you like want those mo- those heavier moments by yep. by making them. It's like delayed gratification, I think. And that's sort of the problem with so many fucking hardcore and metalcore bands right now. They think that a breakdown is just this fucking gimmick that can just write breakdowns after breakdowns, uh, knock loose, and then it's gonna be uh, instantly a good album. But I don't think that's the case. I I think that that's. Uh, that's a little too reductive, almost. Yep. I, I, uh, what, what are the, t- I feel like the two bands that have, like, straight breakdowns all the time, it's like Barrier Dead and American Me, where they've actually taken the breakdown, and it's just, that's all that they are, are breakdowns, which is cool, but yeah, I mean. No, it's great, but, but it's, I mean, uh, it's I, a, it's a bit one-dimensional, isn't it? I feel it? like we have that in, like, in, for everybody out there, I'm pretty sure every scene that 
everybody's grown up in has has had that you know in the early 2000s like growing up and stuff and you just ha- or even now just those up to the first the bands that are starting up and it's just like breakdown 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 and then you know they either refine themselves or whatever you get bored of that it doesn't yep. i mean it doesn't um i don't think it sticks with you quite as much i mean take 43 percent burnt for example that is probably the most iconic breakdown of all time and that is like one of like just a very few breakdowns that that band ever wrote like really truly in kind of like a more traditional hardcore sense of breakdown you know not just a literally breaking down a rhythm but uh, you know a china symbol kind of yep to start the track with yeah. the breakdown well i mean of it doesn't start with that but it's the, it ends most iconically with that yeah that dun dun you know i don't want to um <laughs> speaking of which they actually the burning wind plays that breakdown in their live footage which i'll try to link in the description they uh they put on a really good live show. Ooh, a little tip of the hat there. I like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So you just know that they know what's good. And uh, just to get into like the tracks a little bit, uh, from the first track right away, Inheritance, you know this is just going to punish you. It's uh, It's got a rolling introduction. Those like driving, driving is I guess the word really, you know, yep. bulldozer grooves, uh, fucking infectiously catchy pull-off riffs. This first track literally has everything that you could want from a hardcore band. And again, the lyrics are also just like great. Um, the second track I also really enjoyed too. It kind of launches into some sort of like chromatic hardcore riffs. The best that I've heard in a long time, to be honest. Like that's, I think that's what this band does really, really well. Is they take like the basic hardcore riff and just fucking next level it in a way that uh, a band like Converge might. Didn't want to say it, but you did. Yep. I mean, not not to say that they sound incredibly a lot like Converge. They do to a certain extent because I, I think that's just unavoidable at this point, just given how seminal that band is. But I was uh, wanted to be like, you know who they sound like, like that kind of thing. I was, I was also going to mention Nails just in terms of like the fucking savagery of these hardcore That's the driving side, riffs. I yeah. feel. Yep. They, they, they've got that kind of fucking real, savage is the word, element to them. Um, but again, they've, they've, they've next leveled this to a point where it's like certifiably mathcore because of just the nonstop changes in these fucking songs. They, they cram so much material into just these first two tracks. Um... And they kind of just, uh, the end of this track is when you kind of get some relief from the fast tempos and they, they throw you like a two-step um, before it all just like collapses back into like riff A and fades into the next song. And that's another thing I like about this EP is that these songs like flow together. You know, yep. um, that's why I was like, I looked down and I looked back. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm done with this EP already. Holy shit, I got to go back. Like that kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's really a, a quite a seamless listening experience. The, fl- the songs just like flow so nicely into one another given those um, little... They've got them tied together with audio samples or what have you, uh, you know, guitar effects. And track three is probably the biggest like mosh banger on the EP because that's when they they just make you want that breakdown that finally comes in towards the end with those like sickly bends. He does a lot of those like bends, you know. Yep. And uh, they they kind of just wrap it up in a very tidy sixty seconds on that third track too. So there's a really perfect use of uh, tempo dynamics all throughout this EP. Great use of accelerando and retardando speeding up and slowing down as seen in I Never Said Goodbye. And uh, that's just one of the things I love about this record. Is that That's my favorite track, by the way. Yeah, man, that's a fucking, that's a good one. Yeah, I think that's Ace, man. They, they fucking just, again, they make you beg for those heavier moments, and that really is illustrated in that track for sure. I think this that's, what, again, what separates them from the rest of these bands who are kind of, um, you know, in a similar sort of chaotic hardcore movement that's coming around right now with, like, Chamber and... You know, fucking Code Orange, who are obviously not new, but you know what I'm saying. Bands who are kind of disciples of that sound, but they, they they're doing it so much better and with less gimmicky compositions. 
Yeah, you got your sanction and chambered that a little more gimmicky for sure. I, actually, I would I would place chamber a bit higher on that food oh, chain we're for sure. Sanctioned on the bottom there, then. Huh? I think that maybe we may have offended uh, chamber with how much we compared them to Code Orange in that first time we talked about them, which is kind of I mean that's that's totally fair. We were being a little unfair about it, perhaps. We get heavy on our comparisons sometimes. Right, um, I'm trying. We're trying to uh, avoid <laughs> directly comparing unless it's like just so useful for the comparison. Unless there's like. We're just trying to, you know, explain an approach. But I feel like any time we've, we've done those heavy comparisons, we're always like, and by the way, this is a good thing. Like, that kind of, you know? It, but, you know, even with that. I mean, of course. Yeah. It's not like, we're not going to fucking bring a band on this episode that we we don't like. We, we basically, we like the band. We're just trying to uh, to help bridge the gap for you. Yep. That's what a journalist's job is, to just... Are we journalists? I mean, pseudo. You are. I'm Kind not. of. I talk into this thing once a month. <laughs> I do some other stuff. But, uh, yeah, I do yeah, some I, things. I wouldn't really necessarily say I'm an actual journalist. Either way, um, so back to the burning wind. There's just clearly a lot of attention paid to the composition of the CP. It's, it's really evident in the seemingly endless variation of insane riffs that are just packed on every song. And the last track, Speaking in Red, really sees them wearing, uh, just to get back to the whole influence thing, it sees them kind of wearing their influences more on their sleeve, like Code Orange, Chamber... Uh, definitely cult leader in Gaza, their former manifestation. You can see all of these these influences really shine through on this track, which again is not a complaint. So we're going to listen to Inheritance, which is track one from An Inheritance in A Sharp. And uh, I'll tell you when that came out when we come back. Here we go. God doesn't make the world this way. Oh, you do. <laughs> Oh, 
Right, so that was Inheritance by The Burning Wind, and that's off their new EP in Inheritance in E sharp. <laughs> and that's off their new EP in Inheritance in A sharp. Christian was just taken back by that furious fucking track there. It's fucking nuts, dude. I really, really love that EP. And that came out on August 23rd. So next we're going to talk about Serration, who are a uh, five-piece chaotic hardcore metalcore band from Alberta, Canada. And uh, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about the Burning Wind up front was because uh, we're also going to talk about this band, and the two will just flow really well into one another. would like to agree with you there, man. Just with how similar their style is, you know. Um, it's a good segue there. Thank you. Yeah, I figured it was a, a good time to... I mean, just because of how outstanding the Burning Wind's release was, and of how similar this one is, uh, just it's sort of akin to it, uh, called a sister release, if you will, maybe. I think we should uh, cover them next. So... Um, we kind of went back and forth about covering this one a year or two ago, um, and it sort of just slipped through the cracks until I heard them mentioned on an episode of the Heaviest podcast. It wasn't this release, though. No, no, it was an older release for sure. Okay. But um, yeah, just big ups to uh, the homies Gary and Sonny. Their podcast is like ours, but much, much funnier. I think 2019 has brought us two things. We have grown as uh, 30-year-old men here. Um, <laughs> I'm watching anime now, and uh, you're listening to podcasts. Everything's yeah. turning around, you know? I never liked podcasts. You've never listened to podcasts before you started doing this one. No, exactly. And, yeah, so anyways, and by the way, everybody, it's our uh, third year an- three-year anniversary for the for episode 37. And oh, yeah, no, that's right. Christian's finally listening to other podcasts. Congrats, bud. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot it was our third year anniversary episode as well. Yep. I now know what Akira is. <laughs> My, the times are changing. Ah, yep. Anyways. So, um, yeah, anyway, uh, quickly just go back to the heaviest. You guys should definitely check them out and subscribe because they cover a lot of the same music, but uh, just a sort of a much broader variety overall. Uh, anyway, so Serration started back in 2018 with an EP and a split. And now they're back with another EP, Ease Yourself Back Into Consciousness, which, much like The Burning Wind, sees a marked improvement in the band's songwriting. Uh, The band plays chaotic, metallic hardcore that sometimes borders mathcore material. Um, Just given kind of some of the language. But um, just really super tight percussion and razor-sharp guitars, I think, are like the main highlight of this release. Something I I really, really enjoyed about it. Mm -hmm. In particular was the drum sounds, the snare, just that fucking pop is just obnoxiously good, right? Okay, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not trying to compare, but um, Chamber, your last release, fucking has such a great uh, an amazing pop in the snare, and when I listened to Serration, it just my ear went right to it, and I was like, fuck that fucking snare, man, and I got the note right here. I love the pop in the snare; it just (laughs) gets me. Uh, I think the snare is is a highlight of this release for sure. So you know, we're talking this metallic hard sounds. Uh, We're going like metallic hardcore. You know, it's definitely this like old sound but new as well you know everybody's kind of got this new tinge on it you know mm-hmm. uh again, yo, i think there's a whole new generation of bands inspired by fucking code orange but yo serration i'm not sure if it's like um it's kind of like if you live in the same area that scoggin is and you got scoggin to do it but you guys have a guest vocal by johnny p of himsa which I, i'm pretty sure himsa isn't doing anything anymore but amazing that you guys have him doing vocals so if you could get back to us on that how you got johnny to do the vocals and everything and if he's still doing vocals or if this just he came out of the closet just well, they're like, not from atlanta they're from alberta canada so they're well no i'm saying like i'm i'm comparing like if you live by scoggin because basically himsa is a defunct metal uh core band from like i'm talking darkest hour days you know what i'm saying um actually that's how mm. I, I saw them on tour with darkest hour yeah, Himsa, Darkest Hour, and Acacia Strain, way back in the day in like Minneapolis, like two thousand one or two. But anyways, I just um, I'm I would say himself over I here. would say you got some OG points on my side because you got Johnny from Himsa. So yeah, 
Okay, that one's over my head. I mean, I know him, so but honestly, you would you'd be like, it, it's nothing to you. You know, I know they're like they're influential to yeah. uh, some bands that I like, but yeah, sadly, I've never. I'm just going to be completely honest. I've like never and once investigated their discography at all. Yeah, and and I mean, you uh, to be real, there's too much music that you don't need to go back. It's fine, but uh, uh, I would say <laughs> thanks for the past, Levi. I appreciate <laughs> um, but, it. <laughs> but I myself, I enjoyed I enjoyed Himsa, and I would still go back to Himsa. So, okay, well, duly noted, Himsa, everybody. Shut up, Christian. All right, so um, <laughs> back to fucking serration. This EP is only four tracks long, but holy fuck, again, it just has everything that you could want just packed in there. Digestibility, four or five tracks. That's the fucking you shit. You said it. I think that's the key word for sure is digestibility, accessibility almost in that way, providing accessibility by being more digestible. All the illies. You can reach more ears quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially that first track, Downpour, too. You know, it's just right away, you know it's going to be moshy and breakdown heavy. Yep, yep. Just really satisfying, chuggy, and two-step parts that eventually just collapses with the breakdown and a sample. <laughs> the, the production has gotten better, but all in all, I, I feel like the band has three consistent releases as far as what they are going for, you know? Yeah, we but, check it out. This material is much better, though. Oh, dude, dude, absolutely. Step up. But um, I just, uh, I, I, what I'm saying is I went back to the other releases, and I enjoyed them. I enjoyed the split. I enjoyed the, the, the first release, too, so... One thing that I think that they do do really well, that I think what did keep me coming back is that they have more vocal hooks. Like, they've got more um, mm. catches. They've got more mosh calls, like, um, especially in the song uh, Event Horizon. That is my track. And I Can Barely Breathe, he says. Yep. And that one definitely fucking, um, that one stands out in my mind a lot. So I think that they've got that going for them. They may not be writing, like, necessarily like the most technical material. I guess maybe that's probably my main gripe, why I don't like it as much, because it's not as... Uh, over, you know, overtly fucking technical, but it's still fucking. It's heavy, uh, and it it goes hard. Um, yeah, I, I wish I could uh, pinpoint which uh, serration track has uh, the dude from Himsa right now, but uh, it's a uh, maybe it's that song "Lying Figure" because I feel like that's the song. It's like they're really showing us some of their influences. Just hold up, dude. I'm gonna do this. You can. This, if you need to. Actually, Lying Figure has some of the most memorable moments on this EP. So they kind of like make you wait a bit later. Ah, ha ha ha! Event Horizon, that is the track oh, okay. with the dude from Himsa in it. That's right. why that track was my favorite. Okay, I just had to check <laughs> that shit out. Thanks for the wait. So that was why. Yep. We confirmed your bias. Perfect. Boom. Um, so my only complaint here um, is this thing is way too short you know the eponymous and final track ease yourself back into consciousness barely clocks in a minute runtime and so only sort of only serves as a vehicle for one breakdown so i feel like they could have um given they could have put more into that hmm. as we've discussed previously on this podcast we think a dollar per song for digital is a bit steep and uh, you you'd probably get more visibility by just uh sliding that down a little bit mm-hmm However, overall, uh, I think this is an encouraging step in the right direction for this band, and I'm looking forward to hearing more uh, and a more lengthy release, furthermore. And uh, just to give a quick FFO for fans of Vane, Code Orange, and Chamber. Uh, and Roseblood. If you guys like all this fucking new metal kind of hardcore shit going on, check out Roseblood, too. Hmm. Yep. So we're going to listen to Downpour, of course, track one from Ease Yourself Back Into Consciousness. I agree with that one, man. It fucking, yep. I mean, even though I do like Event Horizon, it just starts off so fucking strong. Exactly. I, I feel like Event Horizon takes a bit longer to pay off to get that to get that memorable, like, mosh call moment. So Because those vocals come in at the end, too, with Johnny. Mm. <laughs> okay, here we go. 
Really good track. Really enjoy that. Definitely reminding me why I listened to that EP quite a few times. I mean, it's just when you just need something just to blast through really quickly, like reaching for an EP like Serrations or again, The Burning Wind, it's like the perfect little, you got 15, 20 minutes to kill, boom, you know. Mm. So that was Downpour from Serration, and that's track one from their new EP, Ease Yourself Back Into Consciousness, which came out on August 2nd. So next we're going to talk about Not Your Friends. Not Your Friends are a four-piece mathcore noise rock band from Pittsburgh. Would you say a screamo? Uh, no, I wouldn't really qualify Son this material as such. It's a bit more on the chaotic and... You know, it's really hard to actually pin the, the genre down on this one, to be honest with you. They're really pretty eclectic. They, they bring a lot of influences that most of you know and love. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty identifiable. Uh, this is a new band, and I think they're actually no longer active God anymore. God damn it. <laughs> and they broke up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, that's just what I'm hearing online. I actually don't know that for a fact. I heard that they played a benefit show, basically, and that's, that's it for them. I don't think they're going to do... Um, I don't think they're going to do any more shows or, or do any more music. I think it was just that a one-time deal. And um, what, what the cool thing is about this release, though, is that they're donating all proceeds from this album to Pittsburgh Action Against Rape. So please go snag this one because you're supporting a good cause. The, sh- the digital purchase? That's correct. They don't. Oh, have fuck yeah. Awesome. Would, I wish they had a physical out because then it would really be able to probably gain a bit more traction in terms of generating some money for that cause, but... You're um, defunct, and you probably don't exist anymore. So you know, it's a it's a fucking it's a good cause, and um, some people are definitely checking it out online. I can see that. So I really enjoyed this band for just those those classic. Just you know, it's chaotic yet zany at at times. You oh, know, zany is a great um, word for sure. Loving the kind of jazzy breaks that are involved in this. Uh, I I <laughs> noticed on the band camp, and maybe it is because you know you guys are are dead already, but you give no band members credit at all like it is just the band so i don't know how many members i don't know what the fuck's going on there's uh i believe there's four members I'm yeah whatever that's that's right all now. your that's all hearsay right now because i can't check shit no there uh the members are listed as uh voice is fucking fucker oh yeah oh yeah you guys give credit guitar yeah, is father fucker father fucker which i don't trust <laughs> bass is dildo fucker mm. And drums is performed by are performed by Jim Shorts Fucker. Wasn't that your nickname in high school? Absolutely was. Yeah, mm, beautiful. That and Spooge. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Uh, but yo, um, honestly, it uh, the and uh, the lyrical content too. Um, I wish I could know what was going on, but you guys don't have your lyrics. So oh. yeah. Well, Levi, I'm so sorry about that. Are you okay, bud? I'm gonna cry a little bit, especially because I know what you're gonna do. <laughs> Fucking asshole. You know, I need to really get that just more queued up. Like a, a big oh, red button on I wasn't, the table? I wasn't, ready, I wasn't ready that time. Yeah, I need a big red button. Yeah. I don't have a fucking MP3, like, uh, you know, a, a pad set up. I need to get yeah. one of those. So, uh, Not Your Friends. I would say it's yeah, it's really versatile. Uh, noisy grinds and math core, kind of, with just the right amount of sass. They, they released their debut album or EP of sorts, really, um, as every song is around a minute or less. So we're talking about Canada's song's length here, for for talking. Oh, wh- yeah. I mean, and this is an interesting discussion about what a full length consists of. Like, perhaps the, the term is a misnomer in and of itself. Yeah, because Canada's songs is a one-sided 12-inch, if you put it on 
like yeah yeah and you know that's given how physical media decides what our definition what our idea of a full length or LP is it is so funny that we are still having this conversation you and I not even on the podcast we've had this we've mentioned this on the podcast a few times we've had this conversation in the car a few times like and we still are just you know yeah it's so funny it's so weird it's a yeah it's kind of an ongoing dialogue for us for sure might be a redundancy almost at this point with how much we've talked about it but um I think in this instance, just in actually general, what it boils down to is whether or not this is a collection of coherent ideas that form a larger whole or narrative, or is this a collection of random riffs slapped, you know, demoed together, you know. Um, and if it weren't for the way that this album ended, I would say the former, but it sort of ends on a silly and disappointing note for me. Like, they literally just clap out, twinkle, twinkle, little star. It's like, y'all couldn't give us another 23-second song? I didn't understand that. <laughs> like, um, that's that's a really minor complaint, though. That's just silly and fun, obviously. But once again, you are giving your credit to a fucking fucker for vocals, so maybe this is a little bit fitting to what that it, is. It sounds too. like everyone's doing vocals on that one. Gang vocals, if you will, on Twinkle Twinkle, Little Star. Sick gang vocals, by the way. The best thing about the song is the name of the song, which is The World's Fastest Blast Beat. So that kind of just really just set me up for disappointment there. You did it. You really got me. Christian, I need to go smoke another joint. This is ridiculous. I can't handle this. <laughs> Two. God damn it. No, but again, um, that's a really minor and sort of just surface level complaint. I, I wish you would have given us another 23 second track. That's it. But um, and, you, and we won't because they might be dead. And so that 23 seconds you're not going to get. No, I'll never get that one back. But um, this EP does fucking rip, though. The guitar parts are just goddamn demented. The drums are yeah. fast and very blasty. Yo, demented is a good word. Dude, they just... It's like this constant weird, like, bending effect that he's, like, always utilizing... They are always utilizing. We have a demented band coming up later on that's revisit that I will use that word, but I, I didn't use that word for this one, but I have it for our other band that starts with a P coming up later. But, yeah, um, I, uh, I, I, I enjoyed just the dark little spastic ride that this album was, until once again the end yeah it's it's over so quickly you know i think the total runtime is about 11 minutes maybe so it's uh it's overall too quickly but um yeah those those guitar parts are just fucking wild the drums are really fast very blasty like throughout the entire ep and the vocals are dual shrieks that really make like the hair in the back of my neck stand up and um the first track abort is just like no nonsense starts out with effect-laden guitars and blasts and it's pretty much the strongest part of the cp honestly yes um but you know track two is, is just an entirely uh, a jazz interlude uh and we get those like dancier like sassier parts in track three so the first three tracks are a fucking wild and eclectic ride like you get a really grindy track a jazz interlude and then like a sassy like kind of a dance track with uh, sweet serenity track three Definitely showing you some influences that they've had. For, for sure. Yeah. yeah, you can hear it all over. Um, it's like they express it all in like three tracks and the rest is like, all right, let's just get our, sh- like, our shit back together. Yeah, they had a lot to express in these these uh, these nine or ten tracks. I respect that. I understand completely. <laughs> Again, if you want to talk about just fitting so many good ideas into a small package, this is it. This is another EP that I could just like reach for and just blast through very quickly and then go back to whatever else you know I, I was about to do. Um. But not to be one-dimensional on this release, again, they, they just, they're really fucking, it's its so diverse. Like, track four, uh, It Is Happening Again, might possibly be my favorite, because it just has this massive breakdown at the end, with a sort of, that, that occasional bending effect on the guitars that just really make them 
that's like the one of the primary characteristics of this release actually is that guitar tone i yep. think right yeah i would agree with you it's like the, it sounds like they're getting like sucked into like the matrix or a black hole or well, something it's adding to that demented side you know for sure yeah yeah it, it's sickly um they're kind of the star of the record for me and uh in that they seem to be the most prominent in the aesthetics of the instrumentation especially as seen in dissociation association which is track six and uh yeah Three Kings, that did you listen to that song? It's like poppy, kind of like indie rock almost for a second. Yep. Before it gives way to like that usual like chromaticism and non-diatonic movement shit. And uh, yeah, again, that that sickly quality is just all over this release. And I, I just to, I I hate hate to keep, <laughs> I hate to keep bringing up the guitars, but they're so thick and layered feeling on this track in particular at the end. Three Kings. You know, and like, that is is Three Kings like yeah it's halfway through yeah 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 that's that's track six Three Kings Mafia <laughs> sick um yeah and uh, Sebastian number seven though I think is actually the standout track of this album with its spooky sort of uh, you know sort of talky sort of spoken word story lyrics that come across as almost comical uh, one line that really stuck out to me full disclosure the heaviest quoted this too but it's just that irresistible. Show up at my house again, I fucking dare you. Message me again, I swear to God, I'll expose you. I'll rip out all your teeth and send them as jewelry on Etsy. Your blood will be my chaser when I chug a fifth of whiskey. I'll put lye on a toothbrush and I'll shove it up your dick hole. I'll store your balls in vinegar because I love pickles. Hmm. <laughs> I hear that. Very vivid, uh, imaginative imagery there. Um... <laughs> But anyway, it's just so abundantly clear that Not Your Friends are really fucking good songwriters. They're capable of performing a variety of si- uh, variety of styles in rapid succession, no less. I hope you all move on to create other demented shit. Yeah, me too. I, I really want to know what these members are up to. Yeah, uh, or you guys are other projects. Or this is just a false thing that we're saying, and you guys are still a band. You are all happy hugging. And yeah, I really hope fine. you're wrong about that. I have no idea how to even get in touch with this band. I mean, I'll email their Bandcamp contact, but I. They don't have a Facebook. They don't have any social media. Christian and I used to uh, get a verification from each band before we would cover them. And in the earlier episodes, we actually lost quite a few good conversations because nobody got back to us. Right. But then we realized, fuck it. And we just do this because, first of all, we're not, like, technically making any money off this episode. And on top of that, it's like, we're just trying to give you some coverage. So we've never had a band contact us and be like, hey, I really didn't appreciate that you covered us on the podcast. So we feel what we're doing is justified. Actually, just for the record, every single band has gotten back to us after the fact, at least, when they're... There was like one or two cool kids didn't, you know, my, my main concern is um, legalities with, you know, copyright issues with uh, with bands who are signed to like labels. So we don't want to have to like take an episode down later on because we didn't seek approval from a band that's on a label or something other than car bomb. I would I would bet fifty dollars that not one band that we've covered on this podcast in the three years has a lawyer. Yeah, one I'm. I know Juan Bond has their cut shit copyrighted. <laughs> I can tell you that just uh, for various reasons because of we have Jay shit hosted on YouTube. Lawyer. So, yeah, <laughs> Jay thinks he's a lawyer. He, he thinks that, he knows he the law. He puts a tie on, and it's like all of a sudden he's like, "I'm a lawyer," you know. But say it's, you're not Jay. <laughs> yeah, he says that a lot. I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, uh, so this is a great EP. Not your friends. Go check them out. And I would say they're for fans of the Locust and Albatross. Early Daughters and The Great Redneck Hope. But Christian, 
What's your favorite song? Fuck, that was a really hard one for me. I, I genuinely love everything but that last acapella track. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say Abort, though. I want to say Abort, too. Um, once again, just let's just give everybody that first taste, and they it, can go from there. Actually, you know, I think It Is Happening is my favorite track, but I feel like Abort is the track that is what people need to hear from this band first. So mm-hmm. we're going to go ahead and listen to Abort, which is track one from Constructing a Mental Breakdown. And that came out on August 28th of 2019. Here we go. Me and him call it us. Ah! <laughs> we had to say it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I kind of threw out the more obvious ones just kind of because the vocals were sort of occurring to me as very locusty, given uh, also some of the just the guitar textures. But uh, yeah, me and him call it us, I think, is a great comparison, too. So that was Abort by Not Your Friends, and that's off their new EP, Constructing a Mental Breakdown, and that came out on August 28th. So next, we're going to talk about Parliament Owls, and uh, our Patreon supporters voted on this band, so thank you for that. Fucking, you guys got a good ear. That, that, the Patreon supporters, like, I was thoroughly impressed with this choice. They always pick good stuff, yeah. Especially because uh, you showed me what they were voting from, mm-hmm. and I was like, mm-hmm, okay, okay. <laughs> I think that some of them were sort of torn because they also had the option of voting for bands like Cloud Rat, who's been putting out some good stuff recently, but... Unfortunately, we're not going to get to Cloud Rat this episode. No. Nope. Um, but what we do do, though, is... Uh, <laughs> do do. We, uh, <laughs> we go back to those polls, and we, we try to rotate in those bands that you voted on previously as well. So not only are we talking about Parliament episode... Or Parliament... <laughs> Parliament episodes. Parliament Owls, that is. Uh, that was voted on this month. We're also bringing in... Um, fuck, who was it? Sur- people voted on Serration. Yep. Um, Coil Guns? Was it or no? People voted on Kakihara, I believe, too. If I'm not mistaken, um, yeah, Coil Guns. I anyway, we uh, we make an Inus was one of those bands actually. There it was. So we, we make an attempt to rotate back in the bands that didn't make the cut the first time. And due to our relaxed like nature from like uh, after we've after the first few episodes, we started like just being like, oh well, it's August and well. In late June, they did release it. All right, fuck it. We're going to still cover it, like, because we missed it or whatever. How are you not going to cover something that's really fucking good just because it came in a couple months ago? Well, yeah, we realized that it was silly that we're sticking to our own DIY rules that we created for ourselves. Arbitrarily applied. Yeah, the rules are always meant to be broken, let alone our own. So, yeah. So, anyways. (laughs) Interesting philosophy there, Levi. Uh, That's how I live, Christian. And it is troublesome. (laughs) He's a rebel. A rebel without a cause. A real bad dude. (laughs) 
<laughs> As you can tell from the leather and jacket that I'm wearing. And he's the last guy you want to run into in a dark alley. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so Parliament Owls are uh, getting way off topic there. Parliament Owls are a five-piece post-hardcore progressive rock band from Toronto, Canada. They play a really interesting blend of post-hardcore and prog, metal, rock, uh, just utilizing a really melodic approach that uses more singing and less screaming. Oh my god, the the singing is great, and just those like, there's a backing vocal, a death vocal that kind of squeezes in every every once in a while. There is intermittent growls. It is wonderful. <laughs> it's just it's like a touch. It's like a sprinkle of pepper on there, you know. Exactly. They're used very sparingly. Like the pre- predominantly the vocal approach on this album is singing. So if you're not into like really proggy song vocals, this this may not uh, this may not rub you the right way. But there is occasional growls too. So. A bit of diversity. Man, so here's the thing about this. I, in my ears right now, at the time this episode's going on, uh, I would like to say that I generally stay away from this kind of proggy shit because I've, I'm tired of it. But this is very well written. The vocals are amazing. Uh, every track... It, it is well written. Yes, the compositions are are fucking just they're impressive they're ambitious every track is similar but so different uh i it's the upbeat i mean naturally i'm not i'm i didn't see all the lyrical content but overall i had this great upbeat feeling where each track was just like i was kind of like getting that head bob you know like oh yeah like and it's just i i wanted i basically at the end here i'm like favorite track and i never fucking put a favorite track down because i all all in all was very thoroughly impressed with this release yeah we'll, we'll get into the track uh breakdown here in a second but just to sort of describe their sound a bit more um to sort of expand upon what you were saying on the kind of like the positive kind of uh melodic it reminds me of the late like mid to late 2000s early 2000s metalcore bands and in terms of like absolutely dude just in terms of being able to do the good cop, bad cop vocal approach, but actually set to some very well executed and more interesting material. Beautiful and technical, but sometimes still tough. Yeah, there's, really, there's some tough parts really too. I really fucking appreciate that shit, man. Yeah. Where, where I can listen to like a, like a nice singy proggy song, but still have a chug in there. Mm, yeah, and I think, it's, I think the, the difference is the guitar tones especially. They're more of that soft, overdriven um, sound and less like distortion, less of that like thick, gainy, heavy tone that we usually enjoy. Yep. This is more like delay, delay heavy pull offs, uh, more extended voicings on the chords being utilized. And uh, just to get into the track breakdown, Coco Bolo. Uh, Coco Bolo is the fucking one. That's I think the that's shit. the one too, yeah. It just has this like, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, this very, the Fall of Troy pull off heavy delay riff that starts it off, then some triumphant thick major chords. Um, using lots of like sevens and nines and just like big extended chords throughout this whole release um, as one might expect from the vocabulary of a math rock band and less from a prog band or a metal band. Yeah. So this is just a really interesting experiment, I think. And uh, the vocals on this track really hit some of those the most dynamic heights, like really lots of high falsetto, um, which is also replaced soon by some growls for like the duration of the track after that. Once those growls start, that's like the vocals there's there's not one point where he i would call it whiny there's no whiny vocals no it's not whiny and i fucking appreciate that so much the dude just has a great fucking range if you don't like falsetto you may not like this release though i think that's another thing is i think the vocal approach is maybe is what's going to be the most divisive about oh it dude absolutely i mean like i said um i kind of generally stay away from proggy or stuff like that because of 
what you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, uh, to just, I, I hit play, and uh, I blasted the album uh, three times, and I just, I'm thoroughly impressed. Yeah, that, that first track really is a, is a strong way to start this release off. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I didn't feel like track two, Lunar Tips, was as inspired. Its introduction, um, you know, it's just, that this, the riff just sort of drives the whole beginning of this track, doesn't do anything for me at all. It sort of uh, does progress at least a little bit nicely towards the end when it gets into a more flushed out variation. But mm-hmm. I think this is probably the most straightforward track on the record, uh, and I tended to be less engaged with it overall. But uh, Drop Bear, fortunately, track three is much stronger. It starts out a little stronger anyway, um, grips you a bit more with the riff, and then you know, it finally uncompresses and kicks in at full volume. It's uh, you know it's a bit more engaging, and again, just lots of falsettos accompanied with growls. Which is really reminding me of Spencer from Periphery. Uh, his vocal approach overall is, is very similar to Spencer, I think. Um, right? When you, when you say absolutely, just like absolutely. given. Oh shit! Almost knocked my mic over. Just given the overall vocal approach, and maybe like later contortionists who are just obviously biting Periphery. But this is like maybe a, a softer variation of that, more 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 approach to the uh, more more singing just overall. Um, and the end of this track is probably the main highlight is it culminates into one of the album's better refrains is that too much to ask I think that that lyrical theme in this track is sort of uh, relevant now um, in that it might be calling for some sort of unity it seems to me in a lyrical theme I'm not sure if you you took note of that absolutely you know yeah tear these walls down something something is that too much to ask anyway I thought that was really memorable and that's a good track too drop bear um in Matterhorn we really start to see some of like the prog influences track four like they really start shining through really like sweet pull off riffs to start this one off um this might be the album's most instrumentally dense song this like a driving ostinato that kicks in around a minute mark um but before you have time to get comfortable with those repeats they slow it down a bit and uh briefly jump back into like the first couple riffs with no repeats and uh that just kind of makes this song one of the most interesting compositionally speaking it doesn't quite end as strong as the other tracks but um, it's one of the better tunes on the album Matterhorn track 4 um, Cloud Cedar I wanted to talk about because it's the their first single this is the first track that I ever heard from Parliament Owls the leading single on their album and although I think it sums up their album well enough I found it to be a bit overly formulaic and just like less interesting when compared to the other tracks on this release did you listen to Cloud Seeker? Cloud Cedar, I, rather? It, honestly, dude, um, the, the, I mean, just for the fact that I was just jamming the record, I would like to say after track three, it all kind of blends together for me um, in an overall just, like, good record. Um, I did not look into each track by track as much with these guys. Okay. Yep. Yeah, you know, I, I, I just wanted to, to point this one out in particular because it almost... Um, am I even thinking of the same fucking track right now? Yeah, I am. Like, it almost completely turned me off from the band. I just... It almost completely turned me off from the band entirely. Like, I, after I heard this song, I didn't... I just, like, wasn't into it. I, I don't know if it's just... I didn't care for the, the song's main refrain, We Are, We Are, um, or its main chorus. This is what I would call their radio hit, which is funny because I, I think they actually managed to squeeze in a really metal bit in the last few seconds of this track, almost as a joke it would seem, but... <laughs> Yeah, this this just compared to the other tracks, it's just much less interesting to the point that it almost turned me off completely. Um, but departure track six is also not really. <laughs> this is where my ear starts to get tired of the falsetto. I think that was like my my main beef with this release. Uh, this release overall, I think, is that 
that approach is maybe just a bit overused. Um, all, all complaints about the songwriting aside, those are kind of like more minor. I think the falsetto is, is really just overly overused. Uh, but, you know, the bridge of the song is fucking good, though. Like, that's like the real highlight for me, because like many songs on the album, the runtime is just a bit overly long and kind of start to lose my attention. Yeah, I'll give you that, bud. It's kind of a damn shame, because some of the songs are actually... Well, this one, this song is actually has the album's most certifiably mathcore moment, which is why I wanted to talk about it. Um, and furthermore, it's really good. Like... I almost wish they would completely switch styles and just do that <laughs> entirely because I enjoyed it so much. Um, <laughs> but of course, it's short-lived, you know, because soon it's right back to the usual falsetto and soaring tenor attack with its uh, intermittent growling. Um, I think it's possible they were just a bit too ambitious with the songwriting, I guess is what I'm getting at here. Um, in the Marrow, track seven, it's one of the album's more memorable moments. Uh, great re- leading riff following verse chorus sequence it's very memorable great bridge uh, they managed to wrap it up in a nice digestible three minutes that's more like it that's a track right there that's a good track it's and a it's, great it's nice middle of the like the line like in the album too i mean i think we're still going to give our listeners track one but yeah i mean they should definitely focus more on on digestibility like five minute tracks over and over again of this material is sometimes just a bit fatiguing on mm-hmm. the ear um Think of me among the amber waves of grain track eight. This might be one of the best examples of the band, like taking risks and just being like experimental, truly mashing up prog rock and math rock post hardcore in a pretty goddamn seamless fashion. I think that's something at which they excel a lot like snooze. Fucking nailed it, dude. I didn't, I, I, it, it's written down. I just didn't say it, but yeah, no, totally. I, I, they, they fucking, it's so sent like the aesthetics, maybe snooze is a bit more on the chuggy side. Uh, they don't scream or growl whatsoever. Yeah, they give more chug, but they don't do the growl. Where these guys are kind of giving you a little like mm, little growl there. They, yeah, they've got more like the, the like the uh, just obviously hardcore influences. You know, um, snooze is a bit more uh, just singy, like all the time. Mm-hmm. Like the the guitars will be heavy, but the vocals are always melodic. They're never amelodic. So that's why I wanted to draw that comparison, and I think this track just in that way that snooze is kind of a bold experiment stylistically speaking parliament owls is as well in a very similar kind of more post-hardcore fashion more more proggy if you will um yeah you know sadly though this this song's middle section just kind of just fades into some like post-rock ambience it's like literally two minutes of like ambience in the middle of this fucking song uh but fortunately it does come back with some more useful and interesting parts that actually drive the song towards some sort of conclusion, which I use loosely because the song goes a couple other directions before it ends. Again, lengthiness seems to be a problem on this record, but um, they're just rocking, man. Yeah, you know, track nine though, fighting off birds, fighting off birds is a bit more concise again, about about three minutes long or so. Um, but it's also built around one motif, but it also has a nice violin appearance. So, again, taking some major risks risks on this record, like. Juan Bond and Dowboys did it, people. Like, it's okay. You can, too. We can bring we can bring violin in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to wrap up the, the track-by-track analysis, I didn't really do this for any of the other albums on this record, on this uh, episode, but uh, Ghost Dust, track 10. This is another one of the album's standout tracks. This is, the like, the first minute, uh, not only having a ton of variation and great riffs, but very memorable vocal line of, say, what are we doing now, uh, which is then modulated as the song progresses, so... The song has some nice instrumentals, uh, a nice instrumental and angular bridge, rather, which itself has some variation in the middle to break it up a bit. 
and then it collapses into sort of a broken version of the main riff with acoustic guitars. Um, so just like fucking ridiculous with that composition. The main chorus then modulates and then uh, it just modulates over and over again until the conclusion. So this is definitely one of the catchier songs and not a bad note on which to end, you know, except they don't end it there. <laughs> they go for another full two minutes ending acapella. Um, so again, just you should have wrapped it up just at the end of that modulation in the chorus. I think that would have been that would have been sufficient. It just goes on for too long. Wrap it up, B. And on that note, we're wrapping it up too because uh, we've been talking about this band for fucking uh, I think over ten minutes now. So we've given you guys a lot of first tracks, the little first tastes here. It's like our third one already. That yeah, we've done. You know, again, like we don't we don't talk about bands that we don't like. Like we don't want to waste your fucking time. But, yep. So we want to be able to explain why it is that we like the release and also maybe offer you the band like some critiques if we have anything helpful to say about it we always would we we love it when we hear back from the bands um we've never i mean honestly i'm I'm not tooting our own horn i mean we don't we don't hear a lot of like negative things back like people generally just correct us and stuff and we love to hear back and just know what the true story is yeah absolutely Um, again if anyone wants to email us mathcoreindex at gmail.com yep and we can uh address and make corrections but yeah we've had to do that very very few times so that's good yep if anything i've gotten the opportunity to like go back and like (laughs) last minute edit like our fuck-ups and be like whoops you know oh that too you know to apply what i call a band-aid if you will um so to give you a quick ffo i would say they are for fans of the fall of troy carnival ghosts snooze and journal I really think that the vocals reminded me a lot of Journal, and on Lorja in particular. In Angles was one that we covered back when. Oh, that good would call. be a very singy, chuggy one that ke- I kept going back to. Oh, fuck. I would put them on a playlist with, uh, put with them them. On a, a playlist within Angles for sure. Yeah, Boom. absolutely. Yeah. Also, one other thing. Carnival Ghosts, Parliament Owls. Mm-hmm. Seeing a trend here? Everybody check out mine and Levi's new band, Location Subjects. Ah, it's right next to our band, there. Fridge. <laughs> yeah, we were, I was going to No, it was, it was Fridges. Oh, Fridges, yes, 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 all right. <laughs> ah, we are busy. We are busy. Busy, busy boys. Yep. Podcast, two bands, people. <laughs> Count them. Two. <laughs> and they're not even real. They're not even real bands. This is shit. We haven't even played a show yet. <sighs> Never jammed. No written songs. No social media. That I think that makes it the best band of all, really. Um, you can buy our album for ten dollars. <laughs> oh, one other last thing. Uh, last thing. I just want to like shout out these guys. Uh, they came all the way down from Canada, uh, from Toronto, for Mathcore Index's first fest last year in New York, and we want to thank them so much for doing that. I don't think they understand how cool it was for us to see people coming out from different countries for that show. Blew my mind. Including Canada, Ukraine. Uh, I think there was somebody there from London as well, if my memory serves me correctly. So thank you so uh, so much to Parliament Owls for coming down from Toronto and joining us at the fest. So, um, what's your favorite track, Levi? Let's just start with that first one, man. So we're going to go ahead and listen to Coco Bolo, which is track one from Parliament Owls' new album, A Span Is All That We Can Boast and that came out on September 6th of 2019. Here we go.
Alright, so that was Coco Bolo, which is track one from Parliament Owl's new album, A Span Is All That We Can Boast, and that came out back in September. So next we're going to talk about Kakihara. Kakihara are a mathcore band from Edinburgh, uh, Scotland, UK, and Kakihara are a new band starting in 2018 and having only just released their debut demo, which is showing some promise. The band play what is fundamentally metalcore, but are clearly fans of the mathcore vernacular, can you tell a theme on this fucking episode so far and a current trend, everybody? <laughs> um, 
yeah, uh, their style is breakdown heavy and more groove oriented though. I wish there was more material to discuss, but uh, because these songs are just, you know, it's just a two song demo, uh, you know, we still wanted to give them some love though, because it is promising. Absolutely. Um, and the first track, Dweller, is a bit shorter and more on the chaotic side with uh, four or five unique parts crammed into the first 30 seconds. Um, but the track itself is a little more than a minute, which uh, appropriately ends in panic chords. Thoughts, Levi? <laughs> Christian, I got to tell you, man. <clears throat> Light on the notes for this Light one. Light on the notes, man. It, they, uh, they are just hitting a chord of a, a sound that uh, I grew up with, and it is amazing. You said it. Yeah, I think the second track, Violence, is actually definitely the catchier, but more straightforward track, you know, starting off with a very memorable vocal refrain of realize what you've got, what you'll get. Never gonna get again. Uh, I just—that's a good part. Yeah, I honestly uh, I found that to be very memorable. Two tracks. I just hope you're going in the same direction. Um, <clears throat> Want to hear more? That's all I got. Yeah. You know, that's totally fair. Again, there's just not a whole lot to even talk about here. I, I took some time to actually analyze those two songs, as you can tell. But uh, you know, I think that they're showing us that they're capable of both writing a more chaotic short piece and a more extended verse-chorus type banger, if you will. And once again, this was a Patreon. Uh, driven one, correct? Uh, or was it voted on, or did uh, you? Was this a Christian? Find? I think maybe I. Um, I think I made an executive decision. Love it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, sounds like you just like I don't know, like like smoked something or something weird I like that. I didn't. That was the thing. Huh. Interesting. I, didn't, I smoked nothing. Yo, interesting. You need to watch this because this is fucking amazing. This is what? like one of the best sequences of this whole fucking. We're watching um, Vampire Hunter. D bloodlust so and there is some blood involved <laughs> and there is indeed blood lust <laughs> anywho um so kakihara uh yeah you know it's uh it's a, a two-track little demo so we're not going to do dweller we're going to do the other one we're going to do violence yes um and just to give you a quick for fans of i'd say if you like norma jean Woo! that's all i wanted to say right there yep. dude I mean, I think that pretty much sums it up nicely. If you like Norma Jean, The Chariot, and Dead Kiwis, to give you a newer comparison, I think you're really going to enjoy um, what Kakihara has to offer, and hopefully we get a an EP or a full length from them. Actually, I know for a fact, come to think of it, they're about to drop a track on Friday. Today is the second Wednesday, um, so on Friday uh, the 4th, you'll hear a new single from them. <laughs> if you guys hear anything in the background, that is Christian's noisy-ass fucking neighbors. They're, they're doing their thing out there. Um, so we're going to listen to, I'm sorry, Dweller is the track, which is track two from A Live Demonstration, Kakihara's 2019 demo, and that came out on August 30th of 
so Norma Jean on that track. Yup. Unabashedly so. But again, excellent. Well, well executed. So that was Dweller, which is track two from Kakihara's new demo, A Live Demonstration, which came out on August 30th. And we'll hear a new track on Friday. So next we're going to talk about Coil Guns. Coil Guns are a <clears throat> black and hardcore mm-hmm. slash mathcore band from Switzerland. The band started back in 2011 with a split six-track EP and a split in 2012, their debut full-length in 2013, and another split in 2014. And at that point, you can kind of see a bit of a stylistic change in the band. Um, And then we have uh, a four-year silence when in 2018 they released a compilation EP of their first two splits. And then their second full-length album, uh, Millennials, which, although it did not make my year-end list, saw quite a bit of exclaim last year. It's a good album. Um, With Millennials... I'm not sure if you've like followed the trajectory of this band, Levi, but they they started out a bit more chaotic and hardcore and like mathcore, certifiably mathcore, I'd say. We listened. You had the um, the EP. I did that for a reason. Uh, playing, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, um, it is a big change. Um, I actually had I put to on the check. first EP when Levi came in just to make sure he knew. <laughs> but that EP slams in its own way. Fuck yeah, it does. So yeah, uh, but I, I realized I was like, oh shit, this is this. Yeah, right, it's fucking coil guns. Holy shit! Like yeah. Um, <clears throat> This band took me by surprise. Uh, I really enjoyed this new sound, even though they're like I, we were just talking about the the EP is a banger. Um, this blackened hardcore uh, route they have gone, and I will drop a sounds like right away um, of just this just this Ken mode kind of style. Dude, you nailed it. They, I swear to God, it's like this band heard Ken mode like in 2014 or something, and completely changed their entire approach to writing music um i love the kind of cool singy kind of part you got going on in uh watch winders um it, i don't know man it, this, this 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 was very refreshing for what we've been listening to with all the um kind of like metallic hardcore going on this uh episode um it was a palate cleanser in its own way definitely uh, again they they've the reason that we're talking about them is that they were formerly very mathcore, and I think it's worth still following, again, the, the trajectory of this band. Oh, it's a fucking heavy band, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we still talk about Daughters. Daughters are not a mathcore band any longer at all. Oh. I mean, they don't have any, hardly any of those elements remaining well, scarcely, but... Even like we mentioned Serration earlier, there, I mean, there are some mathcore elements, you know, but all in all, I mean, we, I wouldn't say they're a mathcore band, you know? Right, but we um, we're not so hardline about it anymore because it's um, it's just not worth being so nitpicky. And when a band is good, we want to talk about them. We talk about them. Breaking those rules, motherfuckers. Um, so anyway, with Millennials, the band started to really shift away from the more chaotic and hardcore sounds and started exploring a more atmospheric and even blackened sound. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I was so put off the first time I heard the song Anchorite because I felt like I was listening to a completely different band than the one I remembered with the vulture on the yellow background. It's so funny because I started with this release and then went backwards. So um, I definitely have a different approach and feeling on this band. <laughs> I all in all really enjoy Coil Guns. I was um, familiar with them back in the day, like when they came. <clears throat> I, I remember their first couple of releases Dude, this, in 2012 this, at least. This name, I, you you definitely have sent me this before. I just don't remember listening to them, but this, this name definitely is like in my brain. They've been around for a second. Um, yeah, they've got a lot of a lot of press and attention from millennials specifically, I think. And um, yeah, again, I was just so turned off by millennials the first time. Like, one of the songs is just six minutes of ambience and only a couple tracks 
really gripped me in a similar way to their earlier material. Um, however, what Millennials lacked in the Fury department, it made up for in Groove and more anthemic kind of songs, showing some maturity, uh, or perhaps at least some progression or evolution in their overall approach. Like, there, there's a, a huge stylistic change. As Levi was just saying, uh, I think, I feel maybe perhaps this band might be listening to a lot of Ken Mode or something, and it, it just completely way, changed the way they uh, started writing music. Mm-hmm. Uh, because now it just so much of it is pulsing, driving rhythms and less like rhythmic fuckery. You know, it's it's more about the pulse and the groove than it is about the uh, the relentless savagery. Oh, and the grooves are like thick, like peanut butter, man. It's fucking <laughs> like it's good. I really enjoyed this. It's very bass heavy. Again, um, we we've said Ken mode now fucking four times, but mm-hmm. it, that similar just aesthetic, yeah. Uh, so now Coil Guns are back with their new full length album, Watchwinders, and so far it seems like they are staying the course they've set with millennials yes focusing more on the groove uh and less than pummeling the listener with one savage riff after another and uh one other change i noted is the vocals are now less aggressive they become more shouted uh than actually screamed they even include some actual singing that's in what the i was saying track. more singing at parts yeah yeah um, in, the, in, the, in the track i believe watch winders is where it's a little, definitely more singing you exactly know? the self-titled track is where the singing is um predominantly And the, the other track available, there's only two tracks available right now. There's, there's Watch Wonders. That is the one downside of this. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a, it's a pre-order. Um, but the upside is is that their entire discography digitally is name your own price. So right now you can go get every fucking release they have on their band camp for like six or seven bucks, I think. You guys got like, get like a hundred math cast points for that. That's Fucking tight. big time. Yeah. Like that's really smart. Like they have a physical option. So they're like, fuck it. We're going to give our digital out for name your own price. That's great. That really just, if your project's good, then it's going to get you so much more visibility. Again, look at Frontier. It really paid off for them. Don't be don't be shy to uh, let people fucking impress you, dude. Like, let people, give them the opportunity to give you money, and they will fucking, they will do it. Yep. If they see that you are overcharging, the likelihood of them buying then is is not good. <laughs> and then you have people like us pointing it out to those people. So they're like, yeah, wait a second. What about that? So we really are kind of throwing a stick into some of the spokes of the bands out there, but you know, we're keeping you in check and it's just like, it's just things like this that I feel like, uh, as far as a DIY community, I think it's really fucking cool to name your own price. And then there's that one band from Oakland that we didn't end up covering just simply because they were, tar- they were charging $12. For, uh, we're not going to name them, but they were charging $12 for their six track album or just something entirely absurd i say good luck with that good luck like, with that approach granted they were like longer compositions but it's like i think you are just really this is a this is just too much you can't charge that much so again kudos to coil guns you get a thousand math cast points yeah Ooh, i like that a thousand math cast points awarded to coil guns I hope everyone's <laughs> keeping track <laughs> the point system going forward. God, I was going to say, be I think, did I just, did we just create a point system? Shit, I don't got to keep we this did. No, yet. God damn it. <laughs> it's like the Chinese government. We're keeping an eye on you <laughs> to protect you, to help you. We're keeping an eye on you to help you and protect you. This is for your own good. But with us, it involves weed, so we'll probably forget this. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's already forgotten. <laughs> Consider it forgotten. Ah, quail guns. Anyway. <laughs> 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 epic epic rant alright so um, again they've only got two tracks up uh, Watchwinders and I'm not sure I'm going to say this right but 
Manicheans. I was waiting for you to say it. I didn't want to say it Manich- for that reason. I want to say Manicheans. Manicheans. Ah, yep. <laughs> I'm not certain. I didn't look it up, so I have no idea what that means or what the true pronunciation is. But um, that track, I think, is a bit more promising. It's still not delivering the original sound I crave from this band, but it still invokes everything that I enjoyed about Millennials. And it has a nice vocal hook uh, with a sort of a modular-sounding synth pulsating in the background. There's that word pulsating again. Uh, you know, I, I actually I do hope to hear more of that on this album, actually, since they're taking it further this direction. Mm-hmm. So we're going to listen to uh, Manicheans, which is track six from Watchwinders, and that came out, it's coming out on October 25th of 2019. Here we go.
right, so that was Manichaeans, which is track six from Coilgun's new album, Watchwinders. And that's coming out on October 25th. And I love that vocal refrain there. I've said the word refrain far too many times in this episode, but for we're lovers, not brave. It's a good line. Yep. Probably the main highlight of the track, I think, actually, aside from that uh, that synth at the end there, fucking loving that 80s sci-fi vibe. Damn, that good shit, call. That shit gets me, dog. I love that. Like a B-movie. Mm. That's, that's comfort food for me. So next, we're going to go ahead and give you your release radar for the month of September. So first up on our list, uh, Mathcore Christmas was a really good day for us, September 27th. Carbomb released their new album, Mordial, which is a significant step up. I really, really enjoy that. Uh, Sleep Sculptor also put out their new album, Entry Dispersal, featuring guest appearances from Carson of the Callistow Boys and Sean of Arsonists Get All the Girls. Uh, next, the same day, Gift from God released their new prosthetic records debut, Approximation of a Human, uh, which we premiered the full stream. Same day, Delta Sleep, sneaky EP called Younger Years. Definitely go check that out if you enjoy Delta Sleep's previous works. You're going to love this one, too. It's solid. A- another live recording in the same fashion of, uh, of Ghost City. Next, we had Prissy Whip release their new full-length album, Swallow. Takafumi Matsubara released his new full-length album, a solo album, if you will, with a ton of really good guest appearances, some of the best in Grind. Strange, Beautiful, and Fast. No One Knows What the Dead Think released their self-titled album, featuring members of Discordance Access. Uh, Geist released their new full-length album, Swarm, featuring members of Sense Offender, some great chaotic UK hardcore. Parliament Owls, who we talked about earlier on this episode, released their debut full-length album, A Span Is All That We Can Boast. Cloud Rat, uh, very sneaky, released a new full-length album, Pollinator, and an EP, Do Not Let Me Off the Cliff. Infinite Annihilator, sort of a little off-topic here, but they released a really good full-length album, the Battle of Yaldaboeth. Unfurl, the last band in our release radar for the month, released uh, sort of a sleeper hit, if you will, uh, The Waking Void. I feel like this one needs to get a few more mentions, and perhaps we'll talk about them next episode as well. So that was your release radar for the month of September. All right, so uh, moving on. Next, we're going to talk about Binary. Yo, don't be dropping your shit over there. Whew, almost. Binary are a five-piece metalcore screamo band from Philly. Finally heard screamo out of your voice. Mm-hmm. It's good. Uh, so Binary started back in 2017, releasing their first EP in 2018, and now they're back with their new EP, Say Your Prayers, No One Cares, which I'm not even going to lie, sold me right the fuck away. I mean, there's hardly any quicker way to my heart than even knowing who Hayworth are, I was just let gonna, it know. I, I, I almost for a second, I was like, this isn't between the listeners. Hey, Christian, is that a Hayworth lyric? Yeah, it's a okay. fucking, it's a Hayworth lyric. They, I love how you did that. That is just, that warms my heart. Um, is it, it a tip of the hat, do you think? Oh, absolutely. There's no other fucking way that that's possible. That's mm. such a, a, a signature line of Hayworth. I think that's the line that everyone knows. Is say your prayers, no one cares. And man, if we are incorrect and you guys just thought you thought about that... You didn't. Oh, one other great line from Hayworth is, uh, and so I made love like someone given one day left to love. Hmm. It's pretty powerful, the screaming in that uh, that track. Anyway, I feel like they're kind of invoking that same sort of raw energy uh, binary, and they play a, a breakdown heavy metallic hardcore and screamo sound utilizing both scream vocals and a lot of spoken word. Yep, a lot of classic chunky breakdowns just falling apart just disassembling mm-hmm. at the at the joints you know just breakdowns 
Um, I, I this this band it was more of just a it hit this reminiscent uh, nostalgic chord mm. for me. Truly, MySpace, you know, bust yep. out your white belt. This is some white belt shit for sure. Yep. Like this definitely could have been on MySpace certainly, and it's uh since this music is coming back into public focus right now, it's I think it's good timing for them again. Christian's been an avid fan of uh, Binary for sure. He's shoved Binary down my throat a bit. Have I? Yeah, uh, you have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they've uh, there, well, there's so many bands with binary in the name. I want to say there's at least a couple. There's the binary Man, code. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was the binary code. There was letters in binary, and then there's this band binary. So I think there's been um, a few different bands to use the word binary in their name. But you know that that aside, uh, you can tell right away on this release the band have made some improvements over their older material. The songwriting, which used to be a bit more generic, is now a lot more cohesive and actually memorable. And even inspires me to mosh, which the older material, I, I just got to say, is just so generic. It just did not inspire me at all. Um, not to say there wasn't moments I didn't enjoy on the first EP, like Commit More Arson, um, as the name of the EP. Mm-hmm. But they uh, they just make you wait a bit too long for those moments. Like in Nice Moleskin, you can write in that with your head up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, which starts off with like, 30 seconds of silence, but then turns into a nice little chaotic banger. Anyway, the first EP is practically unlistenable for me now. Well, on this new EP, they've cut all the fat, and um, they've sort of given us a more distilled version. And uh, on their new EP, Binary have shed some of their more uh, overtly screamo elements in favor of more hardcore and breakdown-oriented stuff uh, without the machismo. Yes. Like, it doesn't have the hardcore, like, tough guy shit at all. There's no, there's none of that pretension, really. So this is a huge improvement, in my opinion, just from the get-go. And uh, right away, that first song starts off with this kind of, like, washing machine Slayer riff and this sort of, like, chuggy one, two, three breakdown, which really does nothing at all for me. I could have done without that first song. Wow. I'm not sure if you got that, but... I will have to go back to that, actually. Um, yeah, I spent a lot of time with this release, um, but that, that was pretty much my most negative feeling was towards the first track. I, I felt like they could have done... They're Honestly, I think they're capable of doing a lot better. They're, they're capable of starting this EP on a much better note because track two, the thrill that can kill... That is my track! That That's an exciting development. Is definitely the strongest song on the EP with its spoken word breakdowns and panic chords, making it uh, quite the sort of MySpace throwback of the album. Yeah, the spoken word thing, I always call it like talky vocals. <laughs> um, I really... I, I, I love the screaming talky vocals. Robbie Smith. It, the, the approach is so Robbie Smith. It's, uh, yeah, no, it's great. On the vocals. Like, just to be completely honest with you, I mean, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, yeah, just very, very much in that direction. And, and there's some blastier moments, like on Do Androids <clears throat> Beat Electric Meat? And our next show is an open casket. <laughs> um, both of which start out kind of strong, but sort of end on really generic notes. So there's, there's some problems, I think, with some of the songwriting here. Uh, some of it is, is very memorable, though. Fortunately, the last two tracks on the album are a bit more well-rounded. With the track in particular, one thing about Hell is the echo is fabulous, sort of rounding out the whole experience with a really nice groove and some pick scrapes. Um, this song also has more of a proper ending, um, better on like than many of the other songs in this EP. Uh, overall, though, I, I, I like this release. I, otherwise, I, you know, again, we wouldn't waste your time talking about it. Um, and I would say that they're for fans of Heavy Heavy Lolo, See You Space Cowboy, Duck Duck Goose, Pollution People, and uh, Every Time I Die, who I think kind of inspired that generation of yes of bands that I just mentioned. 
So we're going to listen to The Thrill That Can Kill, which is track two from Say Your Prayers, No One Cares. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, Love and that, it. And that came out on uh, September 6th of 2019. Here we go. So that was The Thrill That Can Kill by Binary, and that's track two from their new album, Say Your Prayers, No One Cares. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's out on Zegama Beach. So if I'm right about that, I will link that in the description for you. And if not, disregard. Zegama, you guys are busy these days. Yeah, they put out the uh, the Gift From God release on cassette. I forgot to mention that last episode. Yep. Um, yeah, they're, they're doing some good stuff. As always, David, David Norman, solid person. Um... So yeah, that that fucking release though, that that track is just so goddamn heavy, heavy, low though. It's just like irresistible, right? Yep, it's just it could be definitely. I was telling Christian, it could just be track seven on courtside seats. If you don't like heavy, heavy, low, low, you can get the fuck out. Sorry, I just had to do that real quick. Boom, bitch. So next, we're gonna talk about Def Club. Def Club are a hardcore mathcore band from San Diego, featuring Justin Pearson, of the, the one Locust. and only JP. Yes. The big JP. The big J Pizzle. He loves it when you call him that. <laughs> Definitely say that in person. Oh my God. Say, big J Pizzle. <laughs> J Peasley. And give him slap some skin. Yeah, he loves that too. <laughs> he loves that. Say, give me five. <laughs> <laughs> and, and ask him for a selfie. Get on uh, stage. Yeah. Um, real approachable guy. Dude, adding yet another band to this motherfucker's catalog. Dude, the most prolific in probably the most important person in like California hardcore. Like I really can't think of another just more pivotal a scene pillar, like truly a scene pillar, like an entire universe built around the Locust and their sound and the bands on that label. If you think about it, Justin has never stopped. But there's like there's like a, like let's just say like the It's left like West Coast's death wish basically. The left side of my brain is like, well, the locusts are done, so that's that. And I think nobody's doing anything. But then I, like, Justin will be like, new thing from Retox or new thing from, you know, Crosses, new thing from this. I'm Levi like, doesn't oh, know. shit, fucking, like, totally fucking shit. Right, Levi, I don't want to stop, I don't want to, uh, uh, you know, stop your train of thought there, but. Christian, don't the tell locusts, me the locusts are coming back. They're back, dude. They, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, by the way, I knew that. Okay. <laughs> I thought you did, but. <laughs> 
they haven't been active in a while. So. Uh, that was a little bit of a bait kind of thing I set up yeah, there. You, so I'm you glad follow you took Math that. Core Index. You fucking you you do the po- you know the locust. I'm back. also your best friend that you text every day. <laughs> so I, I, I'm not even sure I texted you about that one. You probably you text that in the group chat and my really? th- when, remember yeah. when the locust when, what, what what fest did they pop up on first? Uh, you were days. shitting yourself. You post you saturated Math Core Index our group chat and my, and my text just through that. Anyways, yes, I knew I angered a lot of people that day with yep. my locust spam. But uh, but I think the locust surprised a lot of people coming back. But anyways, I just want to go back to now. Just going to Def Club again. Yes. Um, super stoked on another JP release. Um, his vocals. I knew you would have a lot to say about this one. I I, I love the how his vocals have kind of just uh, they've just aged through the years. You've aged nicely. They have. Um, I love that JP is still doing it. Um, it's great. Uh, this is yet another just angry, fast, punk punk fuse. Just like it is very up the alley of what Retox was doing. You know, very. It's exactly similar. And but um, there's members of uh, ACXDC in this band too. Antichrist Demon oh, Core. that's the shit. Yeah, and uh, I think those guys uh, are also very um, into the, like the mathcore kind of scene. Just given some of the this album's like vernacular or the singles vernacular anyway. It's just all we have right now is um, one single. And it the has bright a, side of death with a great music video. Yeah, I was just gonna say. So the music video. Um, the <coughs> I generally don't go to the music videos. Christian's always the one that will be like, "Oh, did you check out the live set? Did you check out the music video?" But this one, I like it was, my visual media. This was the only way I was actually able to locate it as far as googling because on Bandcamp, there the track is not. They have the four tracks, but you can't listen to anything yet. You can just pre-order it, um, and then you. There's nothing. There, Def Club does not exist on Spotify yet, as far as Justin Pearson's Def Club. There are a lot of Def Clubs out there, um, mm. but now uh, I the video is just this amazing. What you think is starting? It's like a police chase. You think this guy is looking, but at the end, the guy's the zombie. I, all I want to say is. <laughs> All I want to say is there oh, is the, I hope somebody captures that fucking nonsense that just came out of your I know, mouth. Uh, Levi yeah, reviews. What I'm trying Def to say Club is music what, I'm tr- video. what I'm trying to say is this this minute <laughs> oh, there was a guy and a zombie and a cop. It was just this whole thing. Crazy. No, but there it's a minute and a half wait for what I like to say is probably one of the better It's not even a minute and a half. It is literally it is a minute and a half music video. It is a 45 second track. What I'm saying is the headshot is awesome. I love the headshot that it is the the, the point of view. And then how his head pops back up, I just... It is a it, good music video. I'm just breaking your balls, but man, yeah. for The it track being, itself is 45 minutes of recorded music, so... I mean, for for, for, for it being... 45 minutes, you mean 45, 45 seconds? 45 seconds. Uh, for, it, for the video, like, just having that ending, I was like, oh, shit, oh, shit. Well, um, uh, that was good. Like, <laughs> it really just took me back, man. I really enjoyed the track. I enjoyed the video. It was awesome. <laughs> it is. It's great. Um... And basically, again, as you were saying, it sounds like a combination of Retox's hardcore sensibilities and the Locust's penchant for zaniness with a bit, yes. of, that, uh, bit of that math core, diminished chord uh, vernacular. Mm-hmm. I believe this is, uh, Def Club is going to be a three-piece as well. I believe it's a, it looks like a four-piece to me in the music video. Ah, four-piece. Okay. But um, So anyway, we're going to listen to The Bright Side of Death, track two from Contemporary Sickness, which comes out uh, August 4th, so in two days. So at the time of the CP, uh, this time uh, this episode airs, you'll be able to hear that EP in full. By the way, um, since we are uh, Christian and I are residing uh, in uh, the Bay Area, aka San Francisco, um, Christian, did you know that the uh, Deaf Club was actually a punk venue um, in San Francisco? I had no fucking clue. In the seventies, mm-hmm. I looked this up uh, yesterday. Uh, it was in. I was 80- born in nineteen eighty four. So. So why I'm mentioning <laughs> this is maybe this is why Justin 
named it this. It would be really cool if he was doing a Bay Area shout-out for this. But the Death Club was an 18-month-long uh, punk venue uh, that was in San Francisco in the 70s, and it basically was made... Uh, it was a building that was in the 30s, an actual Death Club hangout. Um, so oh, they shit. just called it the Death Club, and it was actually really popular. I believe a lot of Dead Kennedys and Germs and Melvins... Not Melvins, but uh, Ken- Dead Kennedys and Germ shows went on there. So oh, everybody out there... And also... if. I don't know. I know naturally nobody in Def Club is going to listen to this fucking podcast, but uh, you know it'd be cool if they got back to us and let us know what the fuck was going on there. Yeah, how did you get your name? They probably explained that in an interview already. <laughs> I'm not going to look that up. Okay. <sighs> so anyway, the bright side of death, track two from Contemporary Sickness, and that's coming out on the fourth. Here we go. So that's so funny. I did not even. Uh, I'd totally forgotten that Def Club had actually released another music video for Bounced Reality Check. Uh, I guess I just never got around to watching that one, like I so often do. I just, you know, I share, I just share shit compulsively because it's, you know, it's it's V1G. Christian and I are knowingly sitting beside each other and talking about two separate songs. It's so weird. Yeah, that, that is so funny. Well, they so now they've got two great music videos out. So I'll try to link both of those i actually had not even heard that song yet so bounce reality check has the whole thing i was talking about with the guy with the guy with the guy and the thing and the thing you know what i'm saying you're so wonderfully articulated (sighs) synopsis got away with words (sighs) you sure does levi you sure am (laughs) all right um so that was (laughs) what was the name of the song that we actually listened to i can't even remember now so that was The Bright Side of Death, which is track two from Contemporary Sickness, and that's coming out on October 4th. So, uh, appropriately, next we're going to talk about Inus. Uh, Inus are a, that's I-N-U-S, are a three-piece noise rock, I would say, Zool band from San Diego, featuring Bobby Bray of The Locust and Holy Moller, and the big homie Chad Deal, who uh, you may already know and love if you've lived in either uh, San Diego or Humboldt in the past decade or so. Yet another band adding to not only the 3-1-G, but just the Locust Dynasty. Truly the fucking... Locust Dynasty, as you were saying earlier, yeah. Um, it, just how fucking prolific have they been? Like, they just all have done really good bands. Holy Molar was pretty uh, pretty wacky. Um, it's kind of sometimes a little hard for me to digest. Well, but same with this band. It's on a that, similar kind of level of yeah, hard to digest and wackiness. What I liked, what I, but what brought me to Holy Molar was because I, because at some point I was like, well, there's only so much. When I, this is this was my view on Holy Molar when I was in high school. I was like, well, I only there's only so much. Like at this point, I think like when I was in high school, 
like when I was a senior, I think that's when Plague Soundscapes came out. So when I was in high school, I was like, well, you know, there's only so much locust that I can that is out and I can listen to. So, oh, look at there's the other kind of locust. But I always was just I always felt like uh, Holy Muller was like my back burner locust, I guess. Like when I was just full. to keep you like occupied in between. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, uh, basically. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of it, but <laughs> not um, to discount yeah. their effort. But, you know, yeah, but um, I got to uh, you're entitled to your, your feelings and your opinion, of course. So here are my feelings and opinions. Um, Inus is not for me. Um, I will be honest with you. This is another band that our Patreon uh, supporters voted on, by the way. So thank you for that. Yeah. And I mean, thanks for, I mean, I, I was following these guys and I, anything that was coming out. Cause once again, I was, had my ear to the, to the ground as far as the, uh, just knowing that the locust dynasty was extending more, you know, but, um, I just think this is just some fucking old dudes making some odd noises and I am not down <laughs> old with the dude. dudes making odd noises. You hear that, Inus? And if you guys, I <laughs> mean, your review from Levi. If you were to like, I mean, honestly, take away, take away the, the locust dynasty effect and not dropping members of this and members of this. This okay, is now you're not, Go no, ahead, go ahead. No, I'm listen. This is this is where I, this is my feelings and everything. I I I did <laughs> You're not, not being fair. Well, I didn't enjoy the music. Okay, well that's so so I mean that's fair to say. So what brought me to to even sit and digest? But to this, say without the backing of their pedigree, to say that it's not, it wouldn't get any traction. I think is maybe a little unfair, though. I think it's got its virtues. I will stand by. Th- I will stand staunchly by staunchly ignorant. <laughs> I will. I that's will, a trend in your life, Levi. Yep. So. That yeah, um, I, willfully ignorant. Some might say. I just I think it's interesting that you dedicate this much time and effort to such a nonsensical fucking. Oh my god! Like I don't know, dude. I'm you're I, just being brutal right now. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, once again, it, it's just. But it's, but I'm. This is coming from a guy that wasn't into. You're a it. huge fan of all three one G efforts. So I, I love think it, that's man. But this say. this could just be done without. So anyways, Christian, what you what you got to say? Well, first of all, I wanted to just talk about their name. First of all, it's an acronym: uh, the Institute of Navigating the Universal Self. Uh, they're a new band, as near as I can tell. Although their Facebook says 2011. So perhaps this project has just been in the conception phase for quite some time or something. Maybe we're just playing San Diego shows randomly and shit like that. Yeah, that could very well be, and just maybe never got around to actually publishing, if you will, any music. Uh, either way, the band have just released their new full-length album, Western Spaghettification, via 3-1-G, and, uh, which is actually celebrating its 25th anniversary. And uh, it's one of your favorite le- uh, labels, right, Levi? Love it. Love it. Great. You're just full of the great endorsements today. Fucking Jesus Christ. Um, So as Levi was saying, they play a very wacky, sort of scronky form of noise rock that is just certifiably bizarre. You Um, nailed Azul. I mean, that's definitely the genre. The incomprehensible vocals is what sort of motivates that comparison for me. Uh, Bray, who plays guitar and does main vocals on the release, tends to favor an effect-laden falsetto approach, which, again, is a bit distracting for me. Um, that was the one thing that I did not like about this release is the, the vocal approach. It sounds a bit different than what I remember from the live session as well. It is. It is. Uh, look up live. It's different, a little bit different yeah, sound. I yes. feel like maybe they went to the studio and then changed it up, or maybe they, they performed live and realized that it just didn't work, you know, um, logistically to do falsetto an entire fucking set. Maybe just a bit too taxing on the vocal cords. So... Oftentimes, though, um, the other thing is that the guitars are just completely washed out in effects. It's sort of hard to tell if they're even there, especially as oftentimes it seems the the synths are also doubling minis uh, of, the, of the pitches. They kind of just, like, in tandem with the guitar uh, are just... Not, not to say that I didn't enjoy the instrumentation, but it's just, like, wow, it's really powerful and overwhelming. Um, the rhythm section, though, is extremely tight, obviously, um, you know, holding it down very well. 
and I think maybe that one just needs to be in the right headspace for this because it's really, it's really different. It's off the wall. If you're familiar with the works of Magma or um, Koenji Hayake from Japan, you know, um, Ruins, uh, I think that you'll really, if you make that comparison going, um, going into it, if you, um, you, you look at it in that context, I think that this will, this will work for you. And there's a lot of good technique on the album, too. I want to say that they, they're really good players. Like, clearly, um, if you were to take away some of those vocals, I would really enjoy this a lot more if the vocals are just a bit different. Like, um, the instrumental sequences on this album are really fucking good, especially in the first track. Have anything else you want to add, Levi? Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Mm. That's it? Mm-hmm. All right. Grunt. Okay. So we're going to listen to Time as a Person, which is uh, track one from Western Spaghettification. And that came out on August 9th of 2019. Here we go. Alright, so that was Time as a Person, which is track one from Inus's new album, Western Spaghettification, which came out on August 9th of 2019. 
And, you know, you take away the vocals from that, and you've basically got fucking Behold the Octopus, you know? You take away the pedigree, and it's just a fucking nonsensical fucking oh band. God. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> it's on 3-1-G. You could say everyone. that about any it's of the fucking... It's on 3-1-G. It's the only way you'd be able to find it anyway else. Fucking no, Jesus. <laughs> that is not true. This is going to... I think that it'll get some traction in the Prague and the Zool community, for sure. Which is huge. <laughs> such a contrarian asshole <laughs> pew pew alright so let's move on and not fucking roast poor Inus anymore let's talk like, about a real fucking band that plays music <laughs> oh <my laughs> no, no I'm sorry I'm done I'm done I'm done I'm done I'm done what a fucking hater super your hater hater <laughs> so next we're gonna talk about Viramia Viramia well I mean you probably all know who this fucking band is they're a technical death metal band some would say with some math core tendencies from Phoenix Arizona hmm <laughs> The band started back in 20, uh, 2009, infamously releasing uh, just one absolutely incredible off-the-wall EP before just sort of dropping off the radar, making them what I like to call the biggest cock tease in the history of metal. Oh, this was the stupidest thing. Remember how awesome we were just like just jamming that shit at the house and like humbled and just we were just I, so excited. The artwork was amazing. It was brutal. True, and then they had the dude. they had the YouTube videos that I mean, rest in peace uh there, I believe it was the bassist. That's right, Scott Plummer. Uh he so uh what uh we, they they lost the, passed away earlier this year back in March. Which is so it's very interesting to see them pop out now. So I mean, obviously they were already planning uh, a comeback and everything, and it's great to see that they've released it with a new bassist. Um, you know, mm-hmm. that's the it's honestly the the it was it was sad when they made the, the EP and they didn't do anything else because we still jam that and be like, yeah, remember that fucking EP? God damn, it's such great. I EP. must have jammed that EP several hundred times. I shit you not. Like every, it, it was my MySpace profile song. Like yep, every year or two it comes back into the group chat, which is a nice reminder. Um, but then. To, then it was really sad on top of that to know that that dude uh, passed away because he had some really cool YouTube videos and he, I mean he was the base of Virginia. Th- yeah, I think that he was a huge part of this band's success and overall visibility. I'm, gr- I'm glad that you keep bringing him up because I guarantee what sticks out most in anyone's mind who knows this Those band videos, man. is that exactly is that fucking bass yep. playthrough with that absurdly large ten string bass. That's what you hear first. On the Viremia EP. Yeah, exactly. Some finger tapped arpeggios, like, mm-hmm. or um, some finger tapped runs, you know, whatever. It's it's fucking crazy. So I'm pretty sure this that was like a novelty back then too. There was no, you didn't have very many well-known extended range bands. Mm-hmm. At this point, I feel like these uh, really disgusting, grimy death, the death like grind vocals that he was, he was doing, not many people were touching on, and it's just so refreshing to see that he still has these nasty, grimy highs. S- like phlegm in the back of the throat gurgle like Mm -hmm. it is just disgusting the sound um i would compare him to like actively right now uh the vocalist of infinite annihilator um a pretty solid deathcore act they both have just this really uh phlegm controlled uh gurgled (laughs) disgust like high pitch thing that i just i i i think it's amazing but uh, uh another thing on this this just this one single track it does suck that it's just one single uh track but damn Five yeah. minutes and 34 seconds, homie, and it is nothing but brutality. They it gave is... us some good material. Like, they, they they did make us wait 
you know, 10 years for... You guys could have divided this into two release, and I would have been happy. You know? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, like, split the fucking meal into two, you know? Like, American portions are heavy sometimes, you know, man? And it's like, just, wow, five minutes and 34 seconds of just brutality. It is awesome. It's it's a substantial single. It's a lot to chew on. It's a lot to enjoy. You can sit there and jam it a couple times in a row and, and fully enjoy the experience over and over again. I remember Christian and I... And like and I think even like our other roommate Prozo at this point like in the house like it was Nicholas Prozo who is now officially part of Mathcast lore and he is uh, he is also uh, the backing uh, funder also of Dark Trail so shout out to Nick Prozo yes he's my he's my, my partner of sorts yes he um, helps me occasionally uh, he's the silent guy there um, so uh, silent partner yeah uh, so with with our theory I remember just like talking back in the day and being like fuck man like. With, like, Job for a Cowboy coming out of fucking, like, uh, Glendale and, like, Viramia coming out of Arizona shit. I mean, fucking Arizona's pretty fucking brutal, man. Like, I remember, like, us always talking just, like, having Dude, theories absolutely. on... absolutely. Like, we I talk mean, we about always, a lot. We always, we always had, like... As this, for us? Yeah, I feel like... Remember them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like Arizona and Canada, like, to us, were, like, both really brutal places. <laughs> like, that, the home <laughs> of the fucking brutal music. Yeah, yeah, truly. They both, at that time, during the mid-2000s, absolutely. I had to just laugh at Ion Dissonance, fucking despised mm. icon. And then you had JFAC and fucking... As for us and Viramia and yeah. just a bunch of fucking Knights of the Abyss. Remember Knights of the Abyss? Were they Arizona as well? I want to no. say they were, dude. Huh. Um, let's look that shit up right now, yeah. doggy. But uh, the, with, with, while he's looking that up, it, it's um the and like Viramia still has like this classic like uh their their classic yeah, mode. dude, Glendale, Arizona. Glendale, Arizona. No shit. All right, cool. Well, we are standing on that then. Um, but they, I just hope that uh Viramia does not just tease us again and fall off with just this song um that would be a damn shame please bring us a full length or another ep because from what it shows on that band camp doesn't give us a date or anything on the upcoming release no they were very upfront and transparent about the fact that this is just an unaccompanied single there's no release to follow this that is planned right now um i assume that they might have some material they're working on or demoing but they don't they don't have a, a planned release so that's we're gonna. We may have to be waiting another fucking you know few years. With just potentially, hopefully not. Yep. With with the internet controlling everything these days, and it's just an extension of humanity. I feel like the more we reach out to Viramia, the more Viramia might be a thing. So it shows that Vi- Vi- Viramia is like making things, and they have their like finger on a mouse. So just you know, guys, go like maybe buy it, listen to it, and just like reach out and just like don't let them die out, man. I would like to see them come back and do some gigging because they they really pushed some serious fucking boundaries back then just in terms of gross almost exhibition like technicality really doing a lot of the same things as brain drill but actually managing to write songs that were good and that were memorable the guitarist just really seemed to be inspired by the playing of chris arp of psyopis so Mm -hmm. that really just speaks to me a lot and the drummer just insanely fast a lot of gravity blasts Vocals, as you were saying, really like gurgly, kind of nasty, flimmy highs, uh, low growls, and some cheeky uh, inhaled squeals occasionally too. I think they, I think they're inhales, if I'm not mistaken. I had to look up where Brain Drill was from. California, Santa Cruz, baby. Yep, yep. There, there are just so few bands that were playing extended ranged instruments back then. Um, you did have, of course, Colin Marston of Behold the Octopus, and uh, you had Danza and Ion D playing sevens and eight strings eventually. But damn, dude, do you think this is maybe? the track that they had maybe already lined out and recorded and shit before he passed away. That could very well be. I mean, I don't know. I can't say. They don't, and they don't mention him at all, which I think is kind of interesting. I I mean, if I were 
if I was releasing a new thing, I might be like, yo, shout I'm out. I'm pretty the sure they've made just... some statements about him on band, or on Facebook at the very least. Perhaps not on their band camp. But... Yeah, maybe not on the band camp. But anyways, um, that'd be, maybe he wasn't involved. That's why you guys don't say anything. Anyways, if you're listening to this, get back to us. Yeah, so anyway, uh, 10 years ago, Viremia came out and fucking totally kicked all of our asses, was uh, all over MySpace, um, and now they're back with their, what is a little disappointingly a single. Uh, you think after 10 years the band could scrape together an EP or a split for us, but all we get for now is this one song. But uh, as we were just saying, fortunately for us, it is a fucking banger. They made us wait a long time for this, but fuck me, is this material absolutely loyal to the original sound, mm-hmm. and it just feels like a promising continuation that gives me genuine hope and interest in a new release. They did explicitly state, uh, though this is just a single not to be followed by any subsequent release, just to reiterate that, but again, I am hopeful nonetheless with how good this is, and uh, the interest does seem to be there. Like, everyone seems to be, like, fucking stoked that they're back, so. Probably the most interesting feature of this single, though, is the uh, the guitar techniques, which have just gone even more over the top with abundant use of the kill switch and whammy bar, and uh, it, it just gives it an almost, like, video game-like feel at times. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Yes. Like, it just sounds like zapping, you know, <laughs> centipede or something. Um, so, we're going to listen to uh, Glioblastoma. Glioblastoma, excuse me. Uh, that's their new single that came out on August 30th. Here we go.
All right, so that was Glioblastoma. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Their new single that came out on August 30th of 2019 by Virania. You all know who it was. <laughs> so next, we're going to revisit Prissy Whip. Prissy Whip are a noise rock band from... I mean, I would call them noise rock. You can kind of call it mathcore. It's it's very avant-garde and sort of... Very noise. It's sort of genre-defying almost in its own way. Um, and they're from Los Angeles, originally ha- hailing from Oakland. We talked about Prissy Whip on this podcast quite some time ago. Back in 2016, I just had to check on that. They released their EP, Rest in Peace as Fuck, R-I-P-A-F. And great uh, great music videos off that. Uh, fuck, yep. yeah, dude. Really, really good, especially the video for Dog Food. I'm just kind of scrolling through their That is a song we covered. Yep. Exactly, Dog Food. And they've slightly revamped the lineup, if I'm not mistaken. I think they've brought in a new vocalist and maybe a new drummer, perhaps, too, if I'm not mistaken. But it's still the same guitarist, Kyle Souza, who is clearly the songwriter. And, uh, wow, this new full length is fucking really good. The full length is called Swallow, and it is this just weird, very angular, kind of grindy at times, noise rock. What kept coming back to me, Hunter, he kept comparing them to Gorguts, and that really stuck out in my the mind. The fuck he would, wouldn't he? If you think about the guitar approach, yeah. I mean, it kind of is, it's, it's comparable in a way that just how angular and um, unorthodox it is, you know, almost in the same way that Not Your Friends is, too. They take that angular side, though, and they almost make it, like, catchy. Exactly. They, they add a bit of uh, a sass, quite a bit of sass and danciness over it. You know, honestly, I didn't really get enough time with this release. Fuck, dude, I... I, I, I listened to it once. I gave it a curse, what I call a cursory listen, but I didn't give it, a, like, a really listen in earnest. I like what I heard. Man, um, you, you, you guys fucking nailed it so well. Just the first three tracks. Freaks is crazy. Ladies crazy. And then what is it? Uh, what's the third track again? It's Ease as, or as, as what's something? Um, Ezra Bet. Ezra Bet. Dr. Jessup was the track that I really enjoyed. Probably because it had the video, though. Dude, fucking track four, Lobotomy, is my favorite. Um, but uh, I, uh, I th- it's catchy as fuck, man. This is like some crazy... Airbon radar melt banana style that but like go. i yeah. have i have not bobbed my head to something so obscure i guess um this is a really fucking good release man it is a step forward um you can definitely tell the vocal switch up uh i think i'm not even sure if it's a new vocalist but just yes, it's there's, a new vocalist. there's just more in the chest from there's this a new vocalist a new drummer I know, i'm not sure if it's the same bassist or not but i know it's uh the same guitarist. Oh, there's just a lot of uh, there's just a lot of attitude and sass in the music and the vocals. Uh, and I'm just really excited about this. I this this belongs in its own world, or it also belongs on three one G. It's like both in the same. And the artwork, if Christian, Christian horrible, just, just blew up, and it is, it is a. Absurd. I I do not care for it. I'm I'm sorry. This is just. It's like it looks like it's a bad Skyrim, <laughs> a bad Skyrim enemy. You know. Yeah, just snake face. I don't I don't care for the album art, but that's that, what a what a, a childish and uh, what a what a surface complaint because mm-hmm. the music is really fucking excellent. Yep. Uh man. Uh, what was your favorite track again? What were you? Which one did you like? Doctor Jessup. Doctor Jessup. Dude, man. I, I I just yeah. I'm I'm down with any of them. This was a great ride. Uh, I weird enough this is probably my most played album out of all 11 bands of this episode 
Um, you guys really got me with this one. This, and, and yet I talk so much shit about the obscurity about Inus. Uh, and you uh, like this? Yeah, what the hell's going on you here? Know, but listen, I, I, I mean, I stand Clearly by a bias. It. I mean, once again, um, I, I think I, I, there's, there's no pedigree with Prissy Whip, and I fucking love the shit out of it. And Inus, I just could not get through it, man. I just couldn't. Anyways, that's it. I mean, both of them have, like, vocal approaches that aren't really, like, metal, you know? But it ain't the same, because one's good and one sucks. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, Levi will thrash Prissy Whip and trash Inus. Mm. Shout out uh, Metal Injection for that. The uh, Thrasher Trash. trash. That's, a, that's, a, that's a great segment. Yep. Yeah, I like that. All right, so... um. What do you think? Should we just go ahead and give him Dr. Jessup or what? I mean, honestly, let's let's go with you. I mean, I because I, I mean, generally it's got the video. So. Yeah, you got the vi- the, the video there and everything. Um, but Seems I like the obvious choice. But you like lobotomy more. Man, I suggest everybody just blast through this album. It is fucking awesome. We're gonna go ahead and give you Dr. Jessup then. Boom. So we're gonna listen to Dr. Jessup, which is track five from Prissy Webb's new album Swallow, and that came out on September twenty first of twenty nineteen. Here we go. Alright, so that was Dr. Jessup by Prissy Whip, and that's off their new album, Swallow, which came out on September 21st. And right now they're on tour, so you can catch them. Let's see, um, today is the 2nd. Probably should be up by the 4th. They'll be in Chicago then. Detroit on the 5th. Pennsylvania on the 6th. Philly on the 7th of October. Uh, On into Rhode Island, Boston, Brooklyn, Baltimore, Columbus, Atlanta, New Orleans, San Antonio, Austin, El Paso, and Phoenix, and presumably back to L.A. Making a nice little circle there for you. 
so you can catch Prissy Whip on their 2019 fall tour right now. And before we wrap this up, I just want to remind everybody, please subscribe on iTunes. You can now listen to us on Spotify. Leave us a review. Leave us some love. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can definitely email us at mathcoreindex at gmail.com. We've got social media up the wazoo. You can follow us on fucking Facebook and Instagram, both of which we're very active on. Twitter, intermittently posting. Um, more like re reposting a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, we've got a Patreon. So if you're so inclined, if you want to get exclusive benefits like access to uh, video content like our footage from the fest, um, of course, we've got five sets up right now from Half Slug, Freighter, Sar, Steak Sauce, Mustache, and Rob Ford Explorer with sets from Floral and Standards to come very soon. So, um, again, if you become a supporter of our Patreon... Discounts on merch. And you get discounts on Math Core Index merch. Um, early access to the podcast, interviews, photo essays, you name it. Uh, variety of benefits and uh, donor levels. Um, I want to say, uh, if we, we kind of mentioned it earlier, and I think I accidentally mentioned it in the last podcast. I'm not sure if Christian took it out or not, but uh, this is uh, episode 37, so it's our third uh, three-year anniversary. Uh, we do this once a month. Um, and it fucking feels awesome. So I just want to say thank you for everybody that's started listening or have been listening or been listening the whole time, man. It's fucking, this is pretty cool to just talk about music and shit. Yeah, we really appreciate our, our listenership. Um, if you've made it this far to the end of this fucking massive podcast, again, thank you. We, we're, we're appreciative of, of having some, of a growing, a growing listenership. You know, we've been doing it for a long time and it kind of didn't gain traction fast, <laughs> very fast, I think, in the beginning. Um, but uh, I'm glad that we stuck with it. In these days, um, it is, I mean, podcasts get more and more saturated and stuff, but uh, I feel that Truly. we do a niche thing here. So who, so for whoever listens to us, they listen to us for a reason because we, we cover very odd, weird, extreme genres of music. Uh, so, yeah, just once again, thank you for listening to our stupid-ass voices. Yes, thank you. Um, and, you know, before we do, you know, really wrap this up, I want to ask you, Levi, what was your favorite band in last year of, uh, of doing the podcast? Um, uh yeah. You could probably just point this one out, but it's going to be snooze once again. Snooze. (laughs) Yep, I I believe last year was my, uh, was... My last year was snooze, and this year was snooze. So, boom. Yeah, uh, fuck. What a what a strong what a strong full length effort for them. Just coming back with uh, familiar ease. Yeah. When we we're talking early on this episode about uh, just uh, just like more upbeat, uh, uh, proggy kind of uh, mathcore, hardcore kind of shit going on. Um, just love a great. But with more sense of melody, you know, this, like it's more upbeat and uplifting. Even you know, it's like it's vocal. positive. Yeah, and this this last release, um, uh, Snooze lost their vocalist, um, and the the backing or what seems to be the main songwriters uh, kind of stepped forward, and uh, Snooze exactly. is still just same good old fucking Snooze writing about dogs and just doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's a concept album about the life of a dog. We talked about it um, in the previous episode. Uh, I think it was last episode even. And if you've ever had a pet and you read the lyrics, it will bring a tear to your eye. Oh, Oh my god yeah it's a real it's an emotional roller coaster as i think i said before absolutely uh christian what about you man oh man that's a good question um i think in the last year of doing the podcast though my favorite band has got to be the callous cowboys Don't it be anymore, Robbie, I, 
long ways. Oh. They really have come a long way. Like they uh, just from my Dixie wrecked. Holy shit! This is an entirely different fucking band. I mean, they. I have, think about that release, dude. Sometimes I'm like, that is not the same fucking. It's band. it's practically unlistenable for me now. You know, even though of course I helped them put out <laughs> that stuff on Dark Trail through the uh, um, through that compilation, that discography disc. I just some of that material is is pretty. It's pretty hard to listen to. There's there's moments that are really good though. Like you can tell that there's already a lot of promise being shown, which is of course why we covered that band. Of course now Carson is a, a beloved correspondent for Mathcore Index and um, someone I'm, I'm happy to call uh, one of my my closest friends. And uh, that's it's so funny that I never would have thought that happening discovering this band that I'd end up you know bringing on someone uh, to be a correspondent for Mathcore Index and then furthermore they become um, you know one of our friends for sure. Carson, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say fuck you. No, he knows. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, Dowboys, Dion Mars, massive, massive improvement from both My Dixie Wrecked and Animal Tetris. The production, the songwriting. Um, full disclosure, I'm supposedly managing that band right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, of course, I'm going to say good shit about them. I'm inclined to do so, but I wouldn't fuck with anyone or work with anyone that I didn't truly believe in, and I think that the Kyle Stavoys are going to be a household mathcore name. So, uh, so fucking, there. So there. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Um, so I guess that about wraps it up for the 37th and third year anniversary episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And we'll be back again next month with some more sick underground bands. Good night, and stay beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>